Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm David Lipscomb, Director of Strategic Communications for PBI, here to bring you another great episode of the Pro Bono Happy Hour. Before we get started, the 2016 PBI Annual Conference is rapidly approaching on March 23rd to 25th in Washington, D.C. Get more information about the conference and register online by visiting www.probonoinst.org conference. Now on with the show. This week, PBI's Eva Richardson spoke with Terry Henley at Troutman Sanders. Terry spoke to us about the pro bono landscape in Atlanta, where she is based, her take on running a pro bono program as a non-attorney, and her firm's experience with corporate pro bono's clinic in a box program. We hope you're comfortable wherever you may be, whether that's mid-commute, on your lunch break, or simply working at your desk, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, Terry. Thanks for joining us today on the Pro Bono Happy Hour. We're excited to be able to talk with you. To kick things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your firm, and your pro bono program? Well, thanks for having me today. So I'm the pro bono manager for Troutman Sanders. We are an international law firm. We have about 650 lawyers in 16 offices, including 13 that are in the United States. Um, I have a firm-wide position. I've been in the pro bono world for almost five years, but I've been in the legal world all my career. Before I moved into the pro bono world, as I like to call it, um, I spent a little more than 20 years as a litigation paralegal and then a few years in attorney professional development. Um, I just spent some time putting together my uh, our hours for the Pro Bono Institute survey. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that in 2015, 60% of our hours were for low income individuals and 40% went to nonprofits. Yeah, um, and I'm interested to hear a little bit um, more about your background and how you came to have the position you're in now. How did you transition from the professional development realm to the pro bono realm? Well, it was just a matter of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, I've only worked for three law firms in the 30 years that I've I've been working. And I had been a paralegal at a firm and the pro bono position opened up. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my first degree in college was sociology. I thought I wanted to be a social worker. And then I ended up going to paralegal school. So I feel like I've come full circle and Mm -hmm. am now back doing to doing the thing that was what I originally wanted to do in the first place. How do you spend your time on a day-to-day basis? Is there something you'd be like to be doing more of or less of? Sure. So, um, you know, as the pro bono manager, I spend a lot of my time looking for pro bono opportunities or just learning about pro bono opportunities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a lawyer will come to me with a specific project that they're interested in. Sometimes I'm out meeting with legal aid nonprofits and I learn about new opportunities that I then come back and bring to our committee. Um, I would say that the things that I enjoy the most are interacting with the legal aid nonprofits, because as you know, they're all wonderful people doing great things. Right. Um, and it's a lot of relationship 
building, both externally with the legal aid organizations. And then since I am fairly new at Troutman, I'm still spending time developing those relationships internally as well. And I really like it when I can connect two people to work on a matter together that may not have worked together previously. So a lot of relationship building in a lot of different ways, I would say, is what I enjoy the most. And Atlanta seems to have a very collaborative, robust pro bono culture. Um, can you talk a little bit about the pro bono landscape there? Yes. Well, Atlanta is very collaborative. We, we have a group called the Atlanta Pro Bono Roundtable that is uh, law firms that get together and mm -hmm. share ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also a similar group in our Virginia offices called Firms in Service. Um, and it's, it's always good to have a lot of different ideas at the table. And these different law firms bring similar but also different perspectives to solving a problem. And I'm, I'm really proud that Troutman is participating in, in these groups. So that's just one way, you know, that we're collaborative, and that's on the law firm side. Right, right. How often do the, does the Atlanta Roundtable meet, or the Richmond one? The, um, the Atlanta group meets probably every other month. Uh-huh. Um, and the Richmond group does about the same. Oh. And, and, and the Richmond group... It started in Richmond, mm -hmm. but now the, it's called Firms and Service. They now have um, meetings in the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area, and also Northern Virginia. Um, so there's a lot of collaboration going on in Virginia. And what are some examples of projects that the law firm roundtables work on? We have dev several different projects that we've worked on. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had 10 legal aid organizations come together for a meeting with 30 different law firms. We, we had a pro bono expo similar to what we have seen at the uh, PBI conference. And so while some of us that have full-time pro bono people work with the legal aid organizations on a weekly basis, the smaller law firms do not. So it was a chance for them to, to come and learn about current projects that the legal aid organizations were needing. Other projects that the Roundtable has worked on have been the result of some new changes in laws in Georgia. There was a change in being able to have an arrest record restricted, for example. And Georgia Justice Project needed attorneys to help their clients. So for the past year and a half or so, all the law firms have been helping with this particular project. So the roundtable is really a two-way street. It's an up and maybe even more of a one-way street for the legal aid organizations to tell us what they need. We've heard from some of our other pro bono happy hour guests about their experiences running pro bono programs as non-attorneys. Um, so what's your take on this? And can you share what it's like uh, for you running a pro bono program? Sure. One of the things that, one of the strengths that I believe I have is from working as a paralegal in the trenches on a trial team with lawyers 
side by side for more than 20 years. And I've always been in a support role at a law firm. And one of my goals has always been to make the lawyers' lives as easy as possible. I have seen the pressures that they are under, you know, on a daily basis. Um, In the pro bono role, I try to make their lives easier by looking for particular projects that they are interested in, which saves them time. I also try to have a really good understanding of what all of our projects mean, what type of training is needed, what the time commitment is from start to finish, mm-hmm. whether they're going to develop any particular skills, um, just so that they know what they're committing to ahead of time. Um, I feel like I do use my paralegal schools on a weekly basis, from the data tracking to just keeping a, a calendar to make sure I get everything done that I need to do. Um, so I feel like there's lots of pros to the um, to the skills that I have that I have brought to this position. And I think there are a few disadvantages to not being a lawyer, but I think most of those deal with the individual pro bono cases, which I'm not involved in, and which I can't be involved in because I don't have those skills. You know, I can't screen a case um, or, you know, even really work on a case substantively. Um, but as I said, that's, that's not my role. And what are some of the areas where you're most excited to deliver pro bono services? Um, I, you know, I get excited about helping low-income individuals that are involved in litigation, and I think that's because I was a litigation paralegal, and I was fortunate to spend a lot of time in court, and so I understand the, the real value that having an attorney advocate for you and, and what a difference that makes. Our legal system is very complicated. Um, and it, lay people don't always know how to advocate for themselves in a way that allows the judge to administer justice more fairly. Um, a particular population that I'm interested in are, are veterans. I have a son who's active duty Coast Guard, so they hold a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we've done for almost two years now is a afternoon clinic twice a month through Atlanta Legal Aid Society at our local VA hospital. The veterans are patients in the palliative care unit, so they have some serious life-ending disease. Um, and it's very nice to be able to serve those who have served us. Absolutely. That sounds like a great example of kind of holistic approach going hospital and providing those services there. It it is and it's you know, it's a few hours, um, two afternoons a month, and we've heard some great stories. You know, I met a gentleman yesterday who had three purple hearts. And that wouldn't happen to me anyplace else. Are there any other areas that Troutman's particularly involved in or that um take up a lot of pro bono time of attorneys at the firm? Well, we we do work very closely with Kids in Need of Defense, which many people know is KIND. Mm -hmm. Um, We have worked with them for, 
I believe since they were formed, um, they have offices in 10 cities now. Um, we work with them in four or five of those cities. And their most recent office just opened in Atlanta. And we are thrilled that we were able to provide space for them. Um, and this is actually like a win for our entire community. Um, Georgia was hit very, received a very large number of unaccompanied minors over the last few years. Yes. I think we were eighth and seventh over the last two fiscal years. Um, so we are thrilled that they, that they are here and that we're able to, to provide an opportunity for them to provide an opportunity for all these children. Absolutely. And over the past year or so, what would you say has been one of your biggest pro bono, victor pro bono victories at the firm? And what are you kind of personally most proud of? Um, well, I would say getting the opening the kind office mm -hmm. was a victory. That took absolutely that process actually started uh, like three or four years ago. Um, and I was fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time with Wendy Young mm -hmm. um, as she was here making the rounds. So, uh, like I said, I consider that to be a victory uh, for our entire community. Um, you know, and, and we ha we've had lots of smaller victories. Mm -hmm. We had an intellectual property um, lawyer helped an artist whose photograph was being used without their permission by, by a business. Um, you know, that's, that's just an example of something that we do, you know, for an individual. And what's new for Troutman Sanders' pro bono program this year? Well, 2016 has really gotten off to a great start. Oh, so great. I can tell you about some, some exciting stuff that has happened so far this year. It's been a whirlwind. Um, we have a team that has just started work on an innocence case. So we are very excited about that. Um, we have a couple of new policies um, that are being formalized right now. Mm -hmm. One is a retired partner policy that will ensure that our partners who want to stay involved in pro bono have the tools that they need. Um, we, this has been done informally over the years, but now we're going to have a, a, a formal policy. We also have a new diversity and inclusion strategic plan that includes a, a mentoring aspect. And one of the ways we're going to pr promote that mentorship is to have associates and partners who would not work together normally work on a pro bono project together. And going back to the retired partner policy, what does this entail and how did you go about formalizing the policy? So, so we met with the the people who had put together the sales program in Washington, D.C., and took that as a, as a beginning for our policy. And the policy just says that, you know, retired partners will be available, will be allowed to, to continue to work on pro bono projects if, if they're interested in doing so. And we have several partners who have been doing it informally, um, and we have several partners who are excited about being able to do, to do this in, in the future, right. um, in the near future when they retire. 
Great. That's such an important resource to tap. Yes. And then we also, this year, we've also had two client projects already, um, including a corporate pro bono clinic in a box that we did with you all um, the end of January mm -hmm. in our Richmond office. So it's been a busy year already. Yes, it sounds like it. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the Clinic in a Box program? For our listeners who may not be familiar with it, um, Corporate Pro Bono offers uh, in-house legal departments the chance to provide legal guidance to nonprofit organizations and small businesses. And law firms play a role in this, um, I believe, by hosting training sessions. Is that right? On, on, on legal issues that affect nonprofits. So, so you hosted yeah. a training, is that right, then? Or? Yes, we did. So we hosted the training for about 40 members of a corporate legal department. Mm -hmm. We had 11 local nonprofits come into our offices. We did the training for the legal department, and then the lawyers and staff went and spent two hours with the nonprofits going through a variety of questions and issues and you know, the end result is that the nonprofits in the community are now stronger and able to focus on doing the good work that they do. And, and corporate pro bono made it very easy for us. So thank you for all that y'all did. Oh, it's great to hear. You said you have one other client project as well? Yes. We um, have partnered with another in-house legal department to handle some immigration cases. Um, immigration is in crisis here in Georgia and I'm sure in other places across the United States. Um, but one client decided to focus on immigration cases, so we had about 40 people trained early in January and we've already paired up on five or six cases. And these are cases that are, that we're working with the Georgia Asylum and Immigration Network. And to wrap things up, what are the three things that you wish other people knew about your firm's pro bono program? Our first pro bono partner, Steve Northup, in our Richmond office, has been retired for a couple of years, and he has 15 active parole cases that he continues to work on. Um, one of those is a false confessions case, and he has worked on several false confession cases mm -hmm. and is seen as an expert. And I don't think many people know about his work. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would tell you about is that our attorneys in the Atlanta office have done nearly 1,500 wills over the years for low-income cancer patients and senior citizens veterans and first responders. Jeff Nix, a construction partner, started this program and 25% of our Atlanta attorneys have participated in one way or another. That's kind of our office signature oh, wow. program. Um, and then the third thing I would tell you is that I've used marketing ideas to engage my volunteers. And I think that it, it helps. I won't tell you what those marketing ideas are because I don't want my lawyers to know my secrets. <laughs> um, but I suggest people who have access to marketing departments right. to, to reach out to them and 
find those interesting ways to get people excited about work. Carrie, thanks so much for talking with me today. It's been great to learn more about you and your firm's pro bono program. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I look forward to seeing you at the conference. Thanks again for listening to our interview with Terry Henley of Troutman Sanders. We thank Terry for spending some time with us, and we hope to see her at the upcoming PBI Annual Conference. If you'd like to see us and Terry as well at the Annual Conference, visit www.probonoinst.org conference to register. To listen to more podcasts in this series or learn about additional pro bono resources, visit www.probonoinst.org podcast. If you're interested in having your firm featured on the Pro Bono Happy Hour, please email us at probono at probonoinst.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour.